3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning and welcome to 3CR Thursday Breakfast. You're joined by... um, Shares and myself. Good morning, Shares. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome back to you, I suppose. <laughs> what do we have on our show today? On the show today, we have um, Nikki Blanch, oh, sorry, Alison Thorne, um, Stop Failing Our Kids, uh, d- um, directed at uh, Daniel Andrews, so to talk about phase two of their campaign. And at 7.30... We have Nikki Blanche, uh, who's a community development project worker with the North Melbourne Language and Learning, um, and she'll be talking about the launch of a Harvest Project crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, we spoke to them last year, and this is the first time that they're using Start Something Good. Um, and then at 7.45, we'll be continuing our theme from uh, last week, um, talking to the Executive Officer uh, of Disability Advocacy in New South Wales, Mike Grierson. At 8, Phil Evans will be in to t- from Friends of the Earth. He is one of our affiliate organisations and he'll be talking to us about the benefits of becoming a subscriber um, and what that means to radio stations like us and also to organisations like uh, Friends of the Earth. And then after that, we'll be talking to... Uh, Morgana Russell, uh, who's a River Country campaigner, also with Friends of the Earth, and she'll be joined by Jackie Kelly um, from the Friends of Naya Vinfera Forest. Might um, be an FOE event after eight. Yeah. We, might have, we might have a little uh, uh, sing-along. We could all just sort of <laughs> huddle, get together. But first and foremost, uh, 3C, I would like to acknowledge that uh, we broadcast on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunwarang people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge the continued silence of First Nation peoples in the face of ongoing colonisation and settlement. We acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty was never signed. Um, we'll also, what, what's, the, what's this week? This week and last week, I think it started on the 12th, we've got our annual subscriber drive and if you support independent radio, show your love for 3CR and subscribe now, 3cr.org.au. Oh, you can call us. Um, you know, we've got Bernadette out there waiting to hear from you on 94198377 now. Um, we'll go to a few community announcements and I think we're going to have Alison pretty quick. Yeah. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Communities of Sound is a 3CR curated lineup of summer afternoon performances showcasing treaty, creative women, and diverse cultures. 
Join us at the Fairfield Amphitheatre on Sunday, February 18th, between 5 and 7.30 p.m. to enjoy live performances from Kucha Edwards, Tando, the West Papuan Band, Sweet Dreams, Manisha Njali, June Jones and Danny Sib. Pack a picnic to share with friends and family or grab a tasty bite and bevy from the 3CR food store. That's Sunday, 18th of February, 5 till 7.30 p.m. at the Fairfield Amphitheatre. For further details, call 9419-8377 or check out our website at 3cr.org.au. Presented as part of the City of Yarra's Fairfield and Feb series alongside Play On and Melbourne Ukulele Collective. The city. Do you know an exceptional woman or group of women in the city of Yarra? Nominations are now open for Yarra City Council's 2018 Inspirational Women of Yarra Award. We are looking for women who make a contribution either through paid or unpaid work, volunteering or simply by being inspirational in the way they live their lives. All those who identify as women are eligible to be nominated. Nominations are due by Monday the 19th of February. For more information and to nominate, go to yarracity.vic.gov.au forward slash women. Okay, we are back. Where does the time go? Six minutes gone already. <laughs> um, it's Thursday, the 15th of February. Hopefully um, everybody had a nice day yesterday for those that partake in those types of events. Um, having been Valentine's Day. Oh, I, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, what happened yesterday? Well, it's, interna- oh. it's International Day of Love, as they oh, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's but, just yeah. a huge, huge money-making day for exactly. a bunch of people. It's, no. it's like those hot cross buns that come out like on the 1st of January, even though Easter's like yeah. seven months away, so to speak. Um, last week, I think uh, I, I sort of touched on um, uh, that, that we were – there was a show on ABC that was talking about making kids not – not um, gender specific, so it was make, trying to make oh, girls yeah. and boys. And then I spoke about free range kids and how you know we should let our kids fail as parents. But uh-huh. the next guest is going to be talking about how we are, well, the government is failing our kids with the launch of a new campaign. Oh yeah, um, and this is um, uh, uh, so Alison Thorne has actually been campaigning to stop deaths in custody for mm. more than um, thirty years. Um, uh, in conjunction with the Indigenous uh, Social Justice Association. Um, Alison, good morning. Good morning. Um, so firstly, could you just tell us a bit about the work that ISJA or the Indigenous uh, Social Justice Association does? Yes. Um, ISJA is a campaign group that is focused on uh, stopping Aboriginal deaths in custody. We were... The Melbourne ISJA was formed in 2004 after the death in custody of TJ Hickey in the lead-up to the first anniversary of his death, his his mum, his aunt, in conjunction with Isger in Sydney, put out a call for a National Day of Action to demand justice for TJ. And a group came together in Melbourne to organise an action, and we did some consulting with people in the uh, local Victorian Aboriginal community 
to see what kind of support there was for that organising, people were very enthusiastic. But what they said to us was, this issue of guests in custody has been going on for far too long. Don't just do a one-off action. Keep organising until guests in custody have stopped. And um, that's what we've been doing ever since. Um, and so uh, there's an event tonight where Lydia Thorpe will be launching a postcard address to Daniel Andrews. So it's for the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign. Can you fill us in on this? Yes, like most certainly. Um, what uh, ISTA is doing tonight is launching phase two of the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign. The campaign is one um, that to put demands on the state government for positive measures, for solutions. So often um, the, the, the movement to stop deaths in custody is uh, addressing, um, d- demanding justice after a death in custody has occurred. Uh, what we're trying to do with the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign is to reduce Indigenous over-representation in Victoria's uh, juvenile justice system. And phase two of the campaign is focused on the state government's plan to build a new youth supermax prison at uh, Cherry Creek in Werribee. And we're extremely concerned about this. It's going to be a 224-bed facility. Uh, There's was $288 million allocated uh, for that project in the last state budget. And uh, government has commented that this is something that they see as addressing capacity issues for years to come. Uh, On any given night in Victoria at the moment, there are about 100 children and teenagers in the juvenile justice system. So... The government uh, has got a plan to increase the number of places, so basically build it and fill it up. But what ISDA wants to see is we want the funding to be going into positive measures, into the education system, into addressing homelessness, into addressing um, family breakdown. And um, we also want to see an end to racial profiling, racial profiling of First Nations kids and, as we've recently seen in the media, um, teams from South Sudanese and other African backgrounds, we want the racial profiling uh, to end as well. Mm, um, And uh, so I was just looking at... um some figures um, and so the government has transferred the management of juvenile uh, of the juvenile justice system from the Department of Human Services to the Department of Corrections uh, which is something that you've talked about in the in the in the past um, and I suppose this is especially important around the black deaths in in custody and and 10 years post um, apology where we're seeing you know, as you mentioned just before, Aboriginal people are overrepresented in prisons to the point that it's you know, way too obvious this is about maintaining white power and its attempt to create legitimacy. Um, so what sort of message is this sending uh, kids or two kids? Well, I mean, um, 
the 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 message to kids, uh, I think, is one um, of fear, uh, fear of um, the police, fear of being racially profiled, fear um, of being targeted. Um, it's certainly um, not a message of hope. So one of the things that we will also be doing at the postcard launch tonight is paying a tribute to TJ Hickey. Um, we will be remembering that young man um, who died at just 17 years old as a result of a police chase. And I think what happened to TJ really shows the message that it's sending um, to kids. TJ had done nothing. The Redfern police uh, saw, were after a bag snatcher. They saw TJ, who wasn't even in the area, and they began to chase him. And that, that young 17-year-old who'd lived all his life in Redfern, where kids are racially profiled, when that happened, he ran. He ran from the police um, because he felt a very real fear. And he, it, it like, ended up um, dead as a result. Um, and that is the sort of thing that we're needing to address by actually getting positive measures implemented, the, the health, the education, the housing, the social services, all of those things um, that kids need to thrive. Alison, I think you, you touched on it before. I mean, we know that most kids who commit crime are generally not in school and don't have positive role models or, you know, come from violent homes. And I think it was um, sometime in May last year where, um, you know, the, the Victorian government um, introduced uh, reforms to, to youth justice, which effectively what that meant was that... Um, you know, um, the kids themselves were, would now be placed in adult, in the adult court, court system, um, which sort of flagged the, the, um, the, the, the real reason behind why the youth justice system is broken. What, what are you guys doing in terms of making sure that, um, you know, these kids don't necessarily end up being, yeah, put into the, 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 the adult system? Itself, but I mean, obviously, your goal is to make sure that these kids are educated anyway. Are you doing anything in regards to those reforms that happened early last year? Well, um, the main thing that we're actually focusing on is mobilising a movement, mm. mobilising grassroots support, and putting demands on the state government around a whole suite of positive measures. What it was that um, initially kicked off the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign was the um, removal of children from Parkville and uh, placing them in Barwon in an adult facility. And there are a, a whole lot of um, shocking things that are happen happening to kids while they're incarcerated. What we want to see happen is we want money, government money and government focus going into different places and this is something really important in the lead up to the state election in November. 
2018 kicked off with the most disgraceful, racist, law and order um, demonisation in the media. And it is very clear that the state election is going to be one that is focused on law and order. And what we're seeing is we're seeing the, uh, the state opposition led by Matthew Guy, uh, backed by the coalition in Canberra, calling for um, extreme law and order measures. And what we're then seeing is the Andrews government making a case that, yes, they are tough on order. Yes, they are addressing these, these issues. And we don't want that law and order race to the bottom. And the best way that we can achieve that is to mobilise a massive movement of concerned people who are raising positive demands so that the Andrews government fully understands that the people of Victoria are not going to tolerate that. And that's what the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign is all about. The postcard that's being launched tonight by Lydia Thorpe uh, is one where people can um, sign it, stick a stamp on it, send it off to Daniel Andrews and let him know that they support the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign and that they don't want that youth justice facility built at Cherry Creek. Anyone who's interested in supporting the campaign can pick up uh, copies. Um, we'll have bulk copies of the postcard available at the, the launch tonight. And we're extremely pleased that Lydia Thorpe, the MP for Northcote, will be coming along and uh, launching that campaign for us. Great. Um, also, there's um, if people were, want to find out more about this launch, um, it's on Facebook. Is there any other way that people can get involved and support ISTRA? Um, well, certainly they, they can. Come to the launch tonight, which is 7pm at Solidarity Salon, which is 580 Sydney Road in Brunswick. Uh, there'll be lovely um, supper served and um, it'll be a great opportunity to network and find out more. ISJA also meets on the first Thursday of every month at 6.30pm and that's also at Solidarity Salon. So find us on Facebook, um, find our um, website as well and um, hook in. We, we love to welcome new people. Great. Thank you so much, Alison, for your time and sharing all that with us. Thank you, Alison. Thanks. Thank you. And that was um, Alison Thorne from the Indigenous Social Justice Association. It is, um, you know, I think she touched on there that, um, you know, the work that they're doing is obviously trying to stop the, the government failing, not just Indigenous kids, but that racial profiling side wow. with African communities as yeah. well. But, but um, yeah. Also, she touched on, and uh, I think this is also really important, um, on looking at positive measures, um, like redirecting, not just focusing on the the stats, which are, you know, obviously we need to focus up, but also putting um, effort into um, sort of education programs and, and that sort of thing. 
Oh. Yeah, the more money you spend on building prisons, the more people are going to end up there. Mm. You know, so as I said, um, yeah, most kids who are causing trouble don't don't have an outlet, don't mm. have anywhere to go. They're not at school, mm. which makes it really really difficult. And also, the trouble is part of a a broader a broader thing. It's not just um, like it's it's not just kids causing trouble. It's also part of a. Uh, of not only a narrative but like a whole history around um, uh, discrimination. Mm, mm. And we'll be back in just a moment. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Alright, so February is 3CR's subscriber drive month and we are asking um, uh, all uh, listeners to renew their subscriptions or if you want to become part of the 3CR family to uh, um, to show solidarity and get a subscription. So um, your subscription and becoming a member of 3CR um, also buys you a piece of independent media, shows your support for your favourite show, but gives you the right to be involved in the democratic processes at 3CR, including in how the station is run each year by voting at our AGM, our annual general meeting. So rates are $35 unwage, $75 wage, $150 solidarity, and you can give us a call on 94198377. And just quickly, if you're like me and you like your movies, you don't have to go to Nova every Monday night for cheap night. If you've got a 3CR card, you can get a discount any other night of the week. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it comes It comes with some perks. We'll go to a quick track uh, from the Rattle and Hum album. That's uh, Heartland by U2. And if you're in your car and you know that song, I'll guarantee you were screaming out the chorus. It can make you uh, laugh, that song, and it can actually make you cry too. It's a beautiful song. It's time now to, um, yeah, get uh, going and to welcome our uh, next guest. We we just spoke to um, Alison Thorne there, who, who was sort of talking about, I guess, essentially um, trying for, for people to to break through some of the barriers too of misunderstanding fear and prejudice amongst certain groups of um, uh, African uh kids, uh, South Sudanese kids. We are going to be joined now by um, 
Nikki Blanche from a not-for-profit organisation dedicated to delivering English language courses and a range of community development programs. And they have just started a uh, crowdfunding um, campaign for their Community Harvest Project. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning. How are you, Dean? Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on 3CR. Um, Thanks for having me. And I know um, last year when we spoke, we were uh, talking about your uh, Connecting Cultures program that was run at the uh, North Melbourne Language and Learning. Yes, that's correct. And this is um, uh, the um, Community Harvest Project, uh, uh, I gather, is a follow-on project from that. It is. Yeah, the Community Harvest Project is an expansion of that Connecting Cultures program, which we've been running at North Melbourne Language and Learning for the last three years. And the funding for that program uh, finished in December last year. And so rather than let that program just completely finish and, you know, all the support that we've been providing to the community and the, you know, the excellent community development projects that we've been doing... Um, we decided to start this crowdfunding campaign to try and expand on the successes of that Connecting Cultures program. And I think I mentioned too that um, the North Melbourne Language and Learning is dedicated to delivering English language courses. How did, how did as an organisation, did you, you, did you get involved in the community development programs? What was the, the sort of the catalyst behind getting involved in those? So I think... Um, so springing from the English language program, so we've been at the base of the North Melbourne housing estate for around 30 years. And um, so this was, the school was started by a group of concerned residents who saw a need there um, for a school to provide English language courses because there's such a high uh, population of migrant and refugee and asylum seeker communities coming through. Mm. And the community development program really emerged as a very... Um, you know, natural and organic part of that in that we saw a need for our students to be further engaged through community, um, different community programs so that they're not just coming in and out and going to school and not really connecting outside of the classroom. So this was a way in which to connect um, the lives of our students with the lives of the residents who are in the North Melbourne housing estate but also the wider community around North Melbourne as well because there can be um, quite a divide that exists between mm. the different communities there. Especially yeah, the idea of breaking through those barriers of misunderstanding, you know, fear and prejudice that, that can exist sort of, as you say, within and sometimes surrounding the public housing estate communities. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, this, was, this program was one of the ways in which we sought to address that issue um, and I guess break through some of the fears that can exist around um, the wider community coming onto a housing estate. Um, they don't usually receive a lot of um, good publicity. So mm. by creating, by creating, you know, these wonderful multicultural inclusive events on the estate and inviting everyone, everyone from the wider community to come and participate, it provides that opportunity for people to come in and make um, personal connections and be able to talk to people. And we found that's the most powerful tool is actually just creating personal connections between people. And, and then, you know, others, other people get to understand, well, we actually are all human. And I know that, um, you know, the, the, the Connected Cultures Living Traditions Festival in November last year 
got some really, really positive feedback, you know, with, with people um, sort of talking about that if everybody in the world could sort of get together in the way that that happened, I guess the world would be more of a peaceful place if people, you know, um, got to understand where people came from and where they were sort of heading to. Yeah, exactly. And that has become the primary aim of this Community Harvest Project. It is about supporting that intercultural exchange. And as mentioned, not just between the culturally diverse communities um, that live in the housing estate, but also the wider, um, you know, the more gentrified communities of the inner North Melbourne as well. And it is, it's truly beautiful to see all these different cultures coming together and sharing, um, their, their living traditions and their, um, their traditional knowledge and their traditional skills. And um, it is, it's really incredible to see um, the sort of uh, peaceful and beautiful interaction that goes on between, you know, we're talking around um, 33 different countries of origin currently within our student group. Mm. So mm. it's really quite extraordinary diversity there. And you mentioned earlier that the, the funding for um, your program ha- has finished. So this is the, the idea behind the launch of the Community Harvest um, Project crowdfunding campaign, which sort of started a couple of weeks ago, um, seeking support for, from the local and extended communities to help, yeah, you, that's right. uh, to help you raise a few funds. I mean, what's your target there? Our target is $20,000, and we have 18 days remaining of this crowdfunding campaign to get to 20000 So we're around the $4,000 mark now. So we're really calling out for that broader community support to contribute to this. And those funds will go directly towards coordinating um, a program that will go for several months and provide long-lasting benefits for all the community members that will be engaged in this project. Uh, and I think when I spoke to you yesterday, I, um, I was a little bit intrigued about... Um, you know, obviously the crowdfunding site that you chose. So interestingly enough, this morning I was listening to the news and um, there's a couple who've got a chihuahua and they need $50,000 for, it's got a heart problem. And they've gone on a crowdfunding platform to try and get money for people to help them, um, you know, save their dog. Um, and as I mentioned to you yesterday, there's, you know, there's sites like GoFundMe, there's VentureCrowd and there's um, Equities.com. Um, and you've yeah. gone with, um, uh, I forget, uh, stuff, something good. That's something good. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, and what was sort of the reasoning behind that? Because I, I hadn't heard of that, but it looks like it's a, quite a, a, a good platform for non-government organisations to utilise. Yes, it is. And it is uh, one that's dedicated to not-for-profit. And we did choose Start Some Good um, based on the success that the ASRC had experienced with their food justice truck campaign and based on the fact that um, similar organisations were using this platform uh, to raise the money. So I think it's uh, quite a powerful platform when you're there with um, like-minded organisations and you can see the work that other groups, not within, not just within your own community but sort of all around the world, um, are seeking to raise money through this platform. And uh, they've just been really great support as well. And, and I think that, that the key message there too in regards to the, the project itself is all about, um, you know, the idea that it's run for and by the community and the, the real concept being that it's about promoting, sharing, 
uh, harmony and social cohesion between all of those culturally diverse communities. I mean, I, I um, sort of spent my youth in, in, the, in the Mini Ponds area and it sort of seemed so far away, those housing commissions in Kensington, that, you know, we, it, it's like we lived separate lives, whereas this idea is all about bringing the people around those places like Ascot Vale, Kensington, into understanding who those people are. Yeah, that's right, and we think that's really, um, you know, it's a powerful thing to be able to support is for people to be able to make connections with the communities that live there, and we can see that having really positive effects for everybody because when you start to build connections between people within the community, then you start to break down those barriers and you start to um, break down, I guess, you know, a term that does get used a bit is the ghettoisation of communities. Mm. And, uh, communities do get really, uh, you know, separated sometimes um, from that broader community. So we think that's a really important part of the project, um, not just, you know, the, the training and mentoring aspect of the program, which is also one of our primary aims, is that another way we break through um, the different barriers that are experienced are those barriers to employment experienced by community members. And often that um, language barriers is a really key issue there. Yeah. But it's also that inequitable access to employment um, for migrants that may be newly arrived or may still be um, you know, experiencing disadvantage related to um, their economic or their living situations as well. So this program does also provide training and mentoring programs so that they can place value on their unique traditional knowledge and skills that they've arrived with. So rather than retraining in something altogether, we're placing value back on what, what are the skills that they've arrived with and what do they have to share, what can they teach us about their culture through that. And um, ultimately this project will lead to a festival at the end of the year. So how can people support the project and where do people go? So people can support the project by going to the Start Some Good crowdfunding page, which is startsomegood.com forward slash community harvest project. Um, and if you click on the video link, um, there's a beautiful video that was produced by a community filmmaker. And that does detail the project and it shows you... Um, it's a beautiful document of the work that we've been doing through the Connecting Cultures program. But you also get to hear from some of the community members that we work with throughout this program. So rather than hear from us, you get to hear from them what this project um, means for them about. and why it's worthy of supporting. Yeah, and on that page, um, there's some more detailed information and also the tabs that you can click on to pledge your donations. Well, Nikki, thank you very much for joining us on 3CR um, Thursday Breakfast. And, um, yeah, good luck with it. I know, um, you know, it's always, uh, I think you mentioned that this was your first attempt at it, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who, um, you know, w would want to get involved and they can go to startsomegood.com forward slash community harvest project. Yes, thank you so much for having me on, Jane, and um, I really appreciate the support through being able to talk about this project. Thank you, Nikki. And that was uh, Nikki Blanche, the um, Community Development Project Worker at the North Melbourne Language and Learning. Um, and as she mentioned, really, it's about, um, you know, addressing the issues of, uh, of um, barriers and, and access to employment through 
training and mentoring, but also making sure that um, prejudices and misunderstanding and barriers are reduced as well within those communities. Um, just quickly, you yourself can visit the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm, to show us your love and become a subscriber. Um, we've got our annual subscription drive and um, it's all about really investing in independent community-run um, media, which is slowly whittling away. But these listener sponsors who keep the radio station going, when you become a listener sponsor, you get a part of this radio station. You get a little part of it. It's yours. You get a little share of it. It's 3CR Subscriber Drive and we're asking you to show your love for 3CR. Support your favourite show by calling us on 9419 8377 or online 3cr.org.au subscribe. $35 unwaged, $70 waged or $150 solidarity. Subscribe to 3CR today. People lining up uh, out in the street, uh, out in Smith Street in Collingwood, lining up to take out their listener sponsorship. Ali MC and the Footscray Community Arts Centre present Rohingya Refugee Crisis in Colour, an exhibition that delves deep into the heart of the ongoing Rohingya refugee crisis. Featuring photography from both Ali MC and Rohingya refugees, a short documentary and stunning aerial drone footage. Head down to the opening at Footscray Community Arts Centre, 6pm on Thursday, February 8. The exhibition runs from February 9 until March 10. For more information, visit footscrayarts.com. A 3CR supporter. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Uh, we're back on 855 AM 3CR. You can tune in to us on 3cr.org.au or 855 AM on digital. Um, la- yep. Last week we spoke to uh, Elaine Pearson. Um, that She was from uh, Human Rights Watch and she was talking to us about a new report into um, experiences of people with disabilities in, in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are, got, we are joined by um, Mark Grierson, who's the Executive Officer of Disability Advocacy in New South Wales, to talk to us about the New South Wales Government plans to cut independent disability advocacy funding 
from June this year as the NDIS rolls out. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on 3CR. Welcome. Um, ooh, the, uh, the news and the information and everything that's there that's available about the NDIS is a, a minefield, <laughs> um, first and foremost. And now the New South Wales government is... Uh, trying to make it a little bit harder for, for organisations like yours and for the people who need your advocacy. Yeah, that's exactly right. On the 30th of June, our funding ends. Some of this funding has been around for, you know, 30 years or so. Um, and I think we've used it re- very well. Um, but we're trying to bring this to the attention of the New South Wales government. seems to be falling on deaf ears at the moment. Um, there's about $30 million a year, and there's 50 organisations that receive it across the state. Um, so f- firstly, before we, we uh, go further, what, what, what's the organisation that you th- that you work for? So you're um, the Executive Officer of the Disability Ag- Advocacy in New South Wales. Could you let us know a bit about that? Yeah, well, we've been going for about 30 years, um, and we cover... Um, the most of New South Wales, um, out to Broken Hill, up the north coast. Uh, our main office is based in Newcastle. Um, we've also got offices in Sydney as well. But um, our main thing is that we're, a lo- we're locally based in all those regions. And what we're really concerned about is in places like Dubbo and Bathurst and Broken Hill that there won't be a local advocate there who can actually directly help people settle really affect people um, uh, of Aboriginal background and uh, isolated people. Um, and, yeah, more than people in the city, perhaps, but um, because there's no-one else there. And I think the NDIS has um, raised a whole new set of problems that hasn't uh, resolved them. And, uh, you know, there's always going to be glitches in the system, so that's, that's what we're there for, um, to help people through that, um, Sometimes people just can't resolve some of these issues themselves. They're pretty stressed out about them. So our advocate moves in and works with a person with a disability to try and resolve their particular issue at the time. And I think, Mark, that's really the, the, the crux of it, isn't it? Because disability can range and vary between individuals but also between what what is termed a disability. So some disability supports are not currently being provided for because of unclear boundaries and it's probably going to get a little bit more difficult with the rollout in the NDIS. Yeah, well, I think this interface issue between services like advocacy is an example of one and other services like mental health services has come up. Mm. Some state governments fund those. The NDIS won't fund them, but this, a lot of the state governments are saying, look, we just, well, New South Wales in particular is just saying, we're just going to hand it all over. Um, to the NDIS, but the NDIS don't fund that sort of thing. So it's sort of uh, we're caught between a rock or people with disability are caught within, between a rock and a hard place. I've got to say, but Victoria is um, slamming New South Wales in this. They've actually put more money into advocacy. The Minister Martin Foley has done a good job in recognising some of these areas. Queensland has also um, promised to put money into advocacy New South Wales on the east coast, anyway, is a standout um, recalcitrant in this sort of area of trying to work through it. Um, so why why has the New South Wales government decided to cut funding? Is it like a cost-saving measure? Uh, look, it's hard to say. Um, the Premier won't even meet with us. We've asked for a number of meetings. Um, she just said she's too busy. 
um, they just repeat the same inaccurate reasoning over and over again. What they say to us, oh, no, you'll get funding through the NDIS um, as part of a person's plan to help people with advocacy. But when you talk to the NDIS, the agency, they say, no, you can't get advocacy as part of the NDIS. It was never planned that way. Mm. And they just keep repeating this over and over again, and it's just not true. And so, obviously, you know, some people, in, especially elderly people in, within the NDIS, are going to get people like plan managers, um, you know, to help them with the, the, the financial side of it. How, yeah. how can somebody in that role then be able to do some of the work that, you know, disability advocacy is doing now? Well, they can't. They're restricted by the funding category of what they do. They can help the person plan, mm. but if the person has a problem with um, discrimination, transport, housing, um, um, and so on, which are often state issues, um, um, there's going to be no one there uh, with state funding to, to, to help them, advocates with state funding to help them. And I guess what you're not saying is that the... NDIS is not a fantastic initiative. It's just, it's not the lock, stock and barrel, I guess, of someone's life who needs your, your services. That's right. The NDIS isn't everything. I mean, 90% of the disability population of the country will not use the NDIS. Mm. Uh, and that's official figures, okay? So there's, a, you know, about 18% of the population has a disability. Only 10% of those people will be eligible to use the NDIS. Many other people have a disability, run into problems, glitches, and they need an advocate to make sure they get a fair go. You know, if it's, you know, um, having a problem at a hospital, being discriminated against, um, having a problem with transport accessibility. Um, and also we do a lot of things, the groups do a lot of things, like the government often ring us up and say, we're having a consultation, we want to know about this and... Um, you know, what's your expertise on that? We do a lot of that work and we won't be able to do that anymore. It's a bit ironic that we keep getting invitations to be on these panels to advise them how to, um, you know, do things better for people with disabilities, um, but they're withdrawing the funding mm. and we won't be around to do that anymore. And, and I guess um, I, I was on the uh, um, Guardian website. And, uh, do you have a, a campaign called Stand By Me at the moment? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just part of the group of services called Stand By Me, Don't Teach Disability Advocacy, yeah. yeah. And I think, um, more, more importantly, that's the thing. How can you um, continue the, the important services that you provide if there is no certainty going forward? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we just can't. I mean, it's been very difficult for us. I've seen us spend a lot of time um, talking to people like yourselves, which I don't mind doing, but I'd much prefer to be out there Meeting with um, a minister, people with disability, mm. yeah, and doing our real job, um, and um, and I think we do it well. I mean, we we've, we've become efficient. We're, we're we're spread out through the state, so we make sure we're close to the people where they need it. Um, you know, we try and really focus on indigenous populations in a lot of the areas we are because they're doubly disadvantaged. Um, you know, we think we use the money, um, the the the, very, the relatively small amount of money we get very well. Um, but the New South Wales government won't even listen to us and their statements are quite inaccurate when they re respond to media reports about the cutting of the funding. Uh, and you were mentioning just before the Stand By, By Me campaign. Did you want to go on about that? Yeah, look, this, yeah, look a group of advocacy services that get New South Wales funding um, have got together 
Um, we've set up a website. It's just standbyme.org.au. Um, and there's also a petition with about 30,000 signatures, which you can access by that. So anyone who just wants to help out um, and by signing a petition, an online petition, it takes a couple of minutes, really good. Um, but essentially it's brought all the advocacy groups together to try and put the case to the government to reconsider this. And we've got a massive amount of support. And it's disappointing that the Premier of New South Wales won't even take the time to meet with us. We've asked very respectfully for a meeting just to talk it through because we think it's a, a complex issue um, that needs negotiation. Um, and we think there is ways through this, but um, we can't even get in to see the Premier. Well, Mark, um, keep up the, the, the fight. I guess it's, um, what is it now, nearly March, April, May, June. It's uh, the, the next sort of quarter or so is going to be quite interesting in your space. And um, I, was very yep. su- I was very surprised to hear you say that Victoria, um, the health minister, was uh, leading the fight or, or showing yeah, the light, yeah, so well, to speak. I've got to say, he's doing a better job than the New, uh, the New South Wales people at the moment. And uh, the only thing I can say is one key um, thing of being a good advocate is being a persistent bastard. And yeah. uh, we'll certainly be keep going, keep this going as well, yeah. Well, you can't let those people out in Cessnock and Maitland down. You've got to keep pushing. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so yep. Yep. Thank you, Mark. We really appreciate okay. you joining us. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. And that was Mark Grierson. Um, the uh, Executive Officer of Disability Advocacy New South Wales talking to us about, well, um, it's, you know, essentially all New South Wales government funding will now be provided to the Commonwealth Government for the operation of the NDIS and New South Wales will no longer fund or operate specialist disability services in New South Wales, which is... Um, very, very and concerning. advocacy, I think, as well. Mm. So disability advocacy that they were going to roll over to the NDIS, which is uh, completely separate from what I understand. From what well, yeah, understand. and I guess what he was saying also yeah. is that um, everybody's different. It, mm. You know, not it, it's not you know one hat fits all. Like it's, it's I think yeah. humans obsessed with one hat fits all. Aren't they? <laughs> it's like it just doesn't work. It's, like, uh, it. it's like buying a baseball cap these days. <laughs> so yeah, nah, that's it. Um, let's go to. Maybe a um, tongue-in-cheek song for the New South Wales government. Uh, Aretha Franklin, I did say it was tongue-in-cheek. I like that line. I know that you lied. Um, we'll see how the New South Wales government goes with that uh, NDIS issue. Um, but right now, it's nearly 8 o'clock on 8.55am. We've been talking about showing us your love and becoming a subscriber um, for 3CR. And... As I mentioned, um, you know, being a member is a lot more than just uh, the Nova tickets that I was talking about and going to the movies. I those Nova tickets. Yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed with using my card to get tickets. Um, but I think what we, we thought we might do is talk to uh, somebody who is being on this side but also is on the other side. So we do have a lot of um, affiliates, uh, organisations um, that we cooperate with, that we believe in and they believe in us. Um, and now we are joined by um, Friends of the Earth Development Coordinator Phil Evans to talk to us about what it means to be part of the 3CR family. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. It also means $1 off old bar gigs, which is my favourite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell I've got kids. Bar? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did leave out one bit, Phil, that you might 
all of our listeners who listen to Tricia might recognise your voice from Tuesdays. 9.30am, Dirt Radio. I'm sure everyone listens in. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be on my favourite show, Thursday Morning Breakfast. (laughs) Look, um, I think Friends of the Earth um, are such an institution in Melbourne um, and they're such an institution for the work that they do. I know um, myself, I've had the pleasure of doing the uh, Sustainable Breakfast Mm. series down there. Friends of the Earth had some beautiful food. Best coffee I've had in Melbourne, actually, down there. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about, really, what you do there as a development coordinator and how you see um, the relationship, I guess, between, you know, 3CR and, and our Friends of the Earth working? Sure. They're very separate questions, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to tackle the first part of that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, Friends of the Earth, uh, environmental and social justice organisation, been around for 40 years, so kind of like uh, birthed out at the same time. So I feel like uh, both organisations have really grown up in the community together and really share a, uh, a unique philosophy of really like grassroots action, um, consensus decision making and inclusion of uh, our members and supporters and also, you know, like um, really about promoting um, voices that otherwise aren't heard in the debate. Mm. So um, from an environmental perspective, like, you know, really making sure that um, frontline communities are heard uh, when we're talking about environmental and social justice issues and also, um, you know, the voices that are like often like stamped out in Australia, which is uh, like the First Nations people, Mm. um, which is, you know, so important in terms of understanding the relationship to the land and the country and the place that we live on this uh, stolen wealth of of Australia. So, And and I think also you probably have had a sense of the type of audience um, that we have, Mm. but also the new audience that we are, you know, gaining through the power of things like social media uh, and the opportunity to have our voices and their voices be heard. Mm. I think I was said earlier on the way in here, we were just talking to the North Melbourne Language Centre about their crowdfunding campaign, which is mm. all about communities and, and, you know, breaking down social barriers and stigmas um, between cultures. But on the mainstream news, they were talking about a, a couple who have a sick dog and they need $50,000 to help it get a new heart. <laughs> and that was, you know... Their, their crowdfunding campaign was put in on the mainstream news and you sort of think to yourself, well, how important is that compared to what is happening, especially in places like the Murray-Darling when you talk mm. about the environment or what is happening in places like Derebin in regards to the Batman Park, for example, mm. which you wouldn't see about or hear about. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I mean, 3CR really plays an important role in that, in getting those voices out there. Um, the show that I do, um, insert gratuitous plug here again, <laughs> 9.30 Tuesday mornings, um, <laughs> Uh, really, like, you know, like, we get into those issues that, like, otherwise you don't hear about in the mainstream media. And, um, I mean, sometimes even when we do get through, we hear politicians arguing back and forth about the issues, and what's missing is the community voice. Yeah. And that's the one that really matters. Like, if we're talking about uh, the changes and how we want to see Victoria or Melbourne change for the better and become a more progressive society, it's, it's really promoting those marginalised community voices that you otherwise don't hear, because usually that's where the best information comes from and the best ideas and mm. we really need to like harness that, that collective intelligence and that creativity that's out there in the community to get the best results for us. So, so yeah, and I suppose like, you know, um, you know, we're, t- we're, we're talking here as like, you know, radio presenters and that sort of thing and like, you know, working for organisations and that sort of thing. But what about for just like, you know, your listener, like why would, like, why would they want to join 3CR? 
Well, the reason to join, like, is really powerful. I mean, um, 3CR, like, if you join as a subscriber, you get to have a voice in how that, uh, the organisation is actually run, and that's a really powerful thing. I mean, we have a similar thing at Friends of the Earth. When you come there and volunteer and become a member, you're instantly invited along to the meetings that decide how the organisation is run and in what direction it's going. I mean, it's a real difference to um, going to a more um, traditionally structured hierarchical organisation, mm. so one with, like, a, a boss and all that sort of thing where someone will tell you what you need to do. To be given that sort of autonomy and freedom, I think, really allows people to flourish and find themselves, uh, you know, like, and really find what their skills and their the value that they can bring to their community are. I mean, that's the exciting thing about, um, you know, coming to somewhere like 3CR. You can come in, you can do gardening, you can clean up, you can do a radio show. I mean, like, it's just... <laughs> Endless the possibilities, like you come in here and bring the skill sets and your passion to the radio station and express yourself and be part of a huge community. I think it's over 400 volunteers involved at 3CL, which is just mind-boggling, you know, to think that there's this many people and, and so many exciting people to meet along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the passion, I think, really, sh- uh, you just mentioned, like, you know, you get to... I suppose, d- delve a bit more into your passion if you, if you start a radio show or if you mm. go on to a radio show. Um, and that's, that's really evident because, like, everyone's pretty much a volunteer here. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> apart, apart from the two people that earn a pittance, they might as well be cleaning chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, and, the, and it, it really is like, a, to me, it's evidence of, you know, a really successful organisation and vis- vision and philosophy when you can really get harness that imagination and passion in the community and volunteers come in and do it on their own time. And, you know, like... I love waking up and and getting into the building and every time I come in pretty much I meet someone new, someone exciting and someone who shares that same passion and that's that's priceless. Mm. You know, so you should I, make a, a Mastercard ad. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> and, and, and I think um, you know, there's also this perception out there, and this is probably from my own personal story, that people who do volunteer or people who do come to community radio stations, especially radical radio, are radical people. You know, whereas I think I've come from, you know, like a really mainstream sort of upbringing, mm. you know, didn't know much about the environment, wasn't aware of refugee issues, didn't know, you know, what organisations were doing. And I've been doing the Thursday Breakfast Show now for nearly 11 years. Mm. Um, and I've learned... Have you been here for 11 years? Yeah, yeah. And oh. I've learned so, so, <laughs> I've learned yeah. so much about things that are happening within my community and things, you know, for example, like um, uh, Coburg High School, the Newlands High School, just little things, but mm. also what is happening um, uh, in, in society in general. And what I've gotten out of it is we can affect change. For sure. You know, and yeah. that's, that's really the power of, uh, of joining an organisation like this because you see the groundswell of a movement and ultimately there'll be a, 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 an aim that you need to get to or we want to get to. Things like the Equal Love Campaign, mm-hmm. Stop Adani, all of those things, we work really, really hard to give those people a voice and make sure that the community is aware of how, when, why and what we can do. Yeah, and, and, and educating people about it, which, you know, which this, this station does such an amazing job and getting down into the detail, like allowing community members like uh, more than eight seconds on the radio <laughs> to, to express their opinion, yeah. you know, is really, really important um, to getting to the crux of the issue and to really understanding it from 
from a more uh, like an intersectional idea. Like mm-hmm. so, you know, it's really easy to pigeonhole that as that's an environmental problem. I mean, you mentioned stop Adani. I mean, it, it's not. It's really it's a land rights issue. Like yeah. it's mm. it's a it's a it's a climate issue. It's it's so many issues going on. It's also it's an like, ideological oh, issue, isn't it? Like, yeah, for right, sure. Like, yeah. You know, like sorry. Go on. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just goes on and on. Like you know, if you allow like the time to think about it, I mean, um, the the impact on the community of like you know mines like that like goes well beyond just like actually having a coal mine and the dust next door. Like you know, it affects their economy, it affects yeah. their way of life, it affects the very fabric of the society of mm. people going in and that's what organisations that um, allow people, um, general, ordinary people who have these visions and these thoughts who aren't scripted by uh, by the men in ivory towers <laughs> like controlling them with the puppet strings, allow them the time to speak their mind, to, to, to explore those ideas and you really start to come up with some really creative creative thinking. And I think um, that's that's where... You know, we, uh, I was making light of the fact that, you know, I enjoy the discounts. Of course you do, but there's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that, isn't it? Mm. You don't necessarily have to um, volunteer or have a show, but just to show that solidarity behind, you know, the, the ethos and the ideology of, of 3CR is a start. And then you can obviously think, oh, well, you know, I've got some time now. I'll make, make that movement forward to become part of a show or create a show. That's yeah. the opportunity too. For sure. I mean, that's the way we often talk about it. Like, you know, like, I mean, it does come down to some simple things. It's time and money. (laughs) If you've got the time, please come along. But if you, if you can afford to jump on, and I think the subscriber rates are like quite cheap. Like, you know, it's $35 unwaged. Yeah. Looking around the $75 waged and, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, very, very reasonable. And so you, and $150 for solidarity. Highly recommended. <laughs> that, that means, yeah, you can come and hang out with us. And, um, <laughs> Gold pass. No, everyone gets treated equal around here. <laughs> uh, and you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe, or you can call the radio station on 94198377, or you can come to 21 Smith Street. Um, in person and, and sign up there. And once you finish there, you can just walk down the road to Friends of the Earth and have a uh, coffee. Cool. Come upstairs and say hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Phil, thank you for joining us on 3CR. We um, will have um, our next guest coming up. I think we're talking to... Um. Oh, so so that was um, Morgana. My, yeah, Morgana <laughs> and Jackie. You're very um, lucky. Morgana, Morgana is lovely. Yeah, she's awesome. a she's a, a river country Campa- campaigner yep. from Friends of the Earth. So it's a it's a loving. You might even be able to stay and join Morgana if you'd like. Um, <laughs> Do you fantastic. want to? You can. <laughs> I think I might. Right. We'll be uh, back in just a moment. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for 49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Envious of the rich and powerful? Listen to 3CR? Well, this is your chance to get one back. Get a legal, legitimate, 
tax deduction by donating to the Free CR Radio Fund now. Nine four one nine eight three double seven. The social safety net in Australia is being eroded by government cutbacks to essential services and also bullying tactics, as we've seen recently with the Centrelink robo-debts, for just one example. This is a public Over the Wall wants to offer you some simple tools to fight back and defend yourself against a grossly unfair and aggressive system. A system that penalises people already disadvantaged by poverty and significant health conditions. Tune in every Monday at 7.50am on Monday Brekkie for Over the Wall. Monday breakfasts, it's 8.55am, you're on 3CR. I like how Monday breakfast have got their own promo. We might have to make get, our, make own. our yeah, own. I think yeah, we yeah. should. I think we should. <laughs> we should also, I was thinking we should also um, print off some flyers and put them around the place. Yeah, with uh, our beautiful faces, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so now we're joined in studio by Morgana Russell and Jackie Kelly. So Morgana is a country, river country campaigner in Friends of the Earth, uh, at Friends of the Earth, and Jackie Kelly's Friends of the Naya Vinifera Forest. Thank you. Um, okay, so firstly, before uh, we start, could you just, uh, so firstly, Morgana, could you tell us a bit about the work that River Country does within Friends of the Earth? Sure. Hi. Um, so River Country stemmed from the Barma Miller campaign, which was built around um, protecting the red gum forests along the Murray, um, and we work with local groups along the Murray River um, to protect those forests and also with traditional owners to try to get more sovereign land rights up there. Um, yeah, and we work lobbying the Victorian government and things like that. Um, and Friends of the Forest was around... Um, how, how many years old? Maybe 20 years old? Yeah, Friends of Nivinifera started in about um, 2000 and, um, uh, no, 1997, actually. And it was around the time that the um, Bum Miller campaign was very strong as well and um, worked towards getting new national parks and reserves along the river, which happened seven years ago. It was a very successful um, long-fought campaign with um, traditional owners all along the river so very successful but now we find ourselves having to fight again for um, flooding for those mm. forests because water rights. wetlands need water. So what's happening right now? Well um, yeah we're all feeling quite um, relieved because yesterday in the Senate um, up in Canberra uh, there was a very important vote. Uh, what was happening was um, as part of the basin plan there's a possibility for um, an amendment to reduce the amount that goes to the environment. Um, we felt that wasn't um, okay. We didn't want that amendment to go through. So Sarah Hanson-Young from the Greens moved a disallowance motion. And so for many, many um, months now we've been lobbying, um, many groups lobbying. Uh, all the environmental groups in Victoria and Australia are, were lobbying to try to get that disallowance motion to pass. Mm. And it did pass, so um, it was very successful. But it's only the start of a of a, a very big movement that's needed to to get the basin plan back on track and to ensure that it, it has the outcomes that it's meant to have. Yeah, because um, I think part of the, there were reports coming out of the um, yesterday that um, or speculation, I should say, that Victoria and New South Wales wanted to pull mm, out. Yeah, so. 
yeah, unfortunately, the Victorian Labor government is kind of um, going against the federal the federal Labor government mm. for, a dis- and for South, the disallowance. And South Australia as well, aren't they? Yeah, so we're not sure what Victoria's um, going to do after the vote, but um, I think last week Lisa Neville was quoted to say... Um, if people are going to fiddle to re-prosecute this plan and put greater uncertainty on communities, we will walk away. So she's threatened to walk away from the Basin Plan, which um, we're calling on her not to do, and we're calling on her to stick to the Basin Plan um, in full and on time because it's it's vital to save the river system and to save communities and farming towns and forests and wetlands. So, yeah, we're not sure why she's taken that path and who she's been listening to, if it's the big irrigation lobby, mm. um, but communities all along and traditional owners are calling um, for the Basin Plan to be implemented. When it was first created, the the amount of environmental water was a sacrifice already, mm. so we can't afford to keep cutting anymore. And, and do you think, uh, I mean, uh, so most of our listeners would understand, but do you think mm. that the broader community has has, a, has an understanding of how significant the Murray-Darling Basin is, especially, you know, because it is Australia's fruit bowl, mm. it is teeming with wildlife, and there, there is a cultural significance there mm. as well? Yeah, I think people understand the significance of it um, overall as, yeah, a food producer and the biggest river system in Australia, but I don't think they understand the complexity of, of the mm. water issues. It's a really complex issue, um, and there's a lot of misinformation um, from you know both sides of um, the irrigation lobby, whether it's the National Party. So it is a hard issue to get your head around, um, and I think that kind of puts people off really understanding it and, and, and you know we're calling for people to to write to Lisa Neville to call her to lobby her um, and, and say, make a firm commitment yeah, yeah. yeah. and also to um, call senators today um, the Labor Labor senators mm. and uh, Greens and the crossbenchers um, Bernardi the Xenophon. Xenophon team who who all voted for um, water not to be taken yeah. out of the, the Murray-Darling Basin yeah, thank plan to, uh, yesterday. They all need to be thanked yeah. um, and also encouraged to keep on with yeah. um, ensuring that that 3,200, which was a compromise, but that that is mm, delivered in full yeah, yeah. N- and not eroded. So it would be very sad if the Victorian Labor government um, yeah, was siding with New South Wales, which has been seen in all of the Four Corners episodes and things like that to be pretty corrupt um, mm. and, you know, there's there's investigations going on about New, New South Wales water allocations and water theft. Um, and so, you know, this isn't a time to be um, making any big decisions about water in New South Wales until all of that information is found out. If we take away more water for the environment, um, you know, already the water for the environment has been shown to not even be going to the environment and it's been stolen by you know, big irrigation up there. So that needs to be figured out first. So one, one of the most alarming thing that's been going on is that the Darling's been going dry. So yeah. the, below Burke, the water's stopped flowing. So the people up there, um, farmers and community people and the Bakinji, um traditional owners, they are all um, having a big rally today in Wentworth and also yeah. one up in Wilcannia. Um, the the They're proposing um, to put a pipeline from the Murray up to up to Broken Hill to supply its water, which really is saying, okay, we're, we're going to acknowledge no water's yeah. going to come down yeah. the Darling, so we're going to pipe it up. So they don't want the pipe to go ahead. They yeah. think it's uh, well, like a death knell. They think mm. it's a death knell because um, 
the Bakinji put out a, a statement last last um, last year in July, um, calling for uh, a, st- a halt to the pipeline and works to do with that, and and uh, t- a statement that said, you know, they're calling on um, a halt to the mismanagement of the Murray Darling Basin. So they're very worried. They they feel that it's really linked to um, the death of their elders, to to community breakdown. Um, mm. You know, if if a town has no water, if people don't have the river, they feel that's so integ- integral to their to the health of their yeah. people. Um, so we really need to stand with the traditional owners, and that's all along the uh, all the rivers of the yeah. Murray Darling. You know, Aboriginal people are very linked to their river. Mm. And so that the campaign is is very much about that. And for people like you, you're obviously, you know, uh, siding with with um, uh, scientists and economists that they're, they're mm. you're being sceptical that the downwater efficiency projects won't deliver mm-hmm. the environmental dividends that are being promised to people. Yeah, that's right. We've, so in, in Victoria, yeah. there's um, projects proposed by the Labor government called sustainable diversion limits. Um, and in the forest, we work a lot with the Nivernifera forest, for example. Um, there's three giant regulators proposed. It's only a small forest. Um, and so we're quite concerned about what that means for the forest, um, how that will act as, you know, letting the natural flows in. Um, but basically the regulators are there to stop any water getting in and only letting it in when, um, when they allow it. It, yes. it will... Um, let floods in when when they want them to come in, but we're, we're yeah we're worried about how that will work. It will hold the water in. It won't let it naturally flow so, yeah. in and out like the system is made. And we're yet to see any scientific evidence that it will work. And these are million dollar projects that they're based they're based on um, water efficiency. So yeah. instead of being based on um, environmental sustainability or science, they're actually based on saving water. That's that's the whole point of them. Um, so that's what the Victorian government is saying. We can save all this water and then we can give more back to the irrigators because we're going to block it in the forest. And so it's a really mm. complicated thing. At some but point, you'll probably have to end up paying yeah. those irrigators for the water. And also, traditional owners up there, the Wadi Wadi people, are concerned about putting giant regulators into the, their forests, yeah. which is highly culturally significant. That would yeah. mean massive disturbances. Massive levies, levies built. Yeah. The other thing, um, the Wentworth Group of scientists put out a review of water reform in the Murray Darling in November 2017. It was a very interesting uh, document. It was um, criticised, of course, by the big cotton lobby and, and the irrigation lobby. But you know, if you want to listen to the scientists or not, but what they said was that of all these SDL projects, um, and Lisa Neville saying that it's the SDL projects is why she thinks water can be taken out is yep. because these SDL projects are going to save the day. Well, we, we refute that, and the Wentworth Group has said that only one of those projects um, seems to be a goer. There's 11 that need more information, and 25 of them, including the one in Nyavanifra, should not be approved. So that's the Wentworth Group saying that these SDL projects should not be approved because, um, I'll quote, they are not likely to result in equivalent environmental mm, outcomes yeah. because of their environmental risks involved. Yeah. So, so they're an independent group of scientists. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think yesterday the, the, the um, Senate was very wise, and what um, Rob McBride from Tolano Station up, up near um, Broken Hill has said today that the vote uh, was democracy in action. Yep. Um, they stood up to the bullies. And, and the bullies are the cotton industry, who, who today are just going rogue and um, 
in the media, um, I'm sure everyone will hear that, uh, and that the vote reflected the people and that the Senate acted with integrity. And I'm not sure if anyone listened yesterday, but some of the speeches mm. in the Senate were brilliant. Yeah. Penny Wong, um, even Cory yeah. Bernardi, I don't usually applaud him, but he gave a, a wonderful speech. Yeah. yeah, it is um, quite interesting when mm. people you wouldn't expect to to support you yeah. and realise the significance of what is happening, mm. jump on, on Even he on can board. see, yeah. yeah the well, I think that whole um, day zero in Cape Town has got a lot of people, you know, freaking out about water. Mm. And, yeah. Mm. yeah, it is a water war. Like when I was younger, people would say, oh, it's going to be a water war in the future, and I thought, oh, that's not true. But yeah. we're here, mm. we're here. Mm. It, it is like a water war, and I'm sure mm. the people in Broken Hill and on the Darling are feeling that. And the wonderful thing is that there's a real movement created, has been created by um, the ACF and other environment groups has seeded all these water fellows along the river in different communities. People in the communities who have built, had forums and and really built a big, strong um, movement because we're going to have to continue this fight uh, against... You know, extractive uses that are just extreme. There's been so much over-allocation of irrigation entitlements for many years, and that that's what the Murray-Darling mm. Basin um, and a lot plan of these, was about. Yeah. A lot of these big um, cotton irrigators have been paid out, you know, some of them have been paid out millions of dollars to get water back for the environment, and then it's just been stolen by... Like, it's, mm-hmm. there's total... Um, Lack of trust. Yeah, and really illegal things going on up there, and, and it's been shown that there's no regulation of the water. No one knows where it's going, how much is going. Um, the new water minister is, you know... I would say a little proud. Yeah, yeah. I would um. say um, inept because he's he's related to someone that got paid out millions of dollars for water yeah. um, and, and is being that, investigated. That so that you were yeah, sort of talking about. Look, we we um, it's always we could talk for hours, couldn't uh, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're nearly there to finish this. And show, the so. fu- the fun thing is that Barnaby Joyce is involved in this because he was put in charge of water, and we're saying that you know it's the fox in charge of the hen house. Yeah. And now yeah. we could we make can't even, trust the national. Yeah, we could you make, could more, make jokes, more jokes, but we won't. Um, uh, my so favorite, my favorite by far is Barnaby. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> how can um, people get involved with helping the Naya, Naya Vinifera Forest and also contributing to this, um, you know, the, the, the river country campaigns mm-hmm. um, with Friends of the Earth? How can our listeners help? Yeah, I think um, there's lots of groups on Facebook that they can get involved yeah, go, with. Go to Friends of the Earth. And the River Country Campaign has a Facebook group, um, Save the Murray Darling. Yeah. That's the, kind of the more local campaign up near um, the, Broken the Hill. Wilderness Society or like the River It's Keepers. more so go, go to Watershed Alliance. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's on Facebook. Go to, um, yeah, Friends of the Earth website, River Country. Um, and there's currently um, petitions to sign, yeah. um, ways, an, ways to support the campaign. In there's an email petition donating. to Lisa Neville. So, yeah, we're really asking people to contact her. And, you know, this is where in Victoria we have the chance to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And, and at the moment she's you know, going down a bad path and we don't want her to get out of the basin plan so we need to tell her that. Well, thank you very much thank for you. coming thank into so our 3CR Thursday breakfast. We really appreciate that. That was uh, Morgana, Morgana Russell, uh, River Country campaigner with Friends of the Earth and J- Jackie Kelly from Friends of Naya Vinifra Forest. I think I pronounced Thanks, that right. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066.
Uh, hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. I, this is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great, really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. Uh, it's 7.28 on 8.55 a.m. Coming up next is Lost in Science. Let's uh, back announce our guests at uh, 7.07. What a strange yeah. time. Alison Thorne. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time, though. I think it worked out well. Yeah, they're launching the Stop Failing Our Kids campaign, uh, Director so Daniel Andrews. From the Indigenous Social Justice Association. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I-S-J-A, Melb. Um, at 7.30 we had Nikki Blanche talking to us about their crowdfunding campaign for the Community Harvest Project, which is the tail end of the Connecting Cultures movement that they started two years ago at 7.45. We had Mark Grayson, who is the Executive Officer of Disability Advocacy New South Wales, and he uh, talked about um, how the New South Wales government plans to cut independent disability advocacy. And at 8 o'clock we had Phil Evans. No, I, I nearly called him dirt, Dirty Phil. Uh-huh. Com Dirt Radio, but also from Friends of the Earth. He's the uh, project coordinator. Sorry, I was giggling to myself there. He was talking to us really about the, the, the beautiful affiliate and the relationship between Friends of the Earth and 3CR, but more importantly, what it means to join 3CR as a subscriber and the benefits of being a subscriber of 3CR. And then at 8.10... Um, so we just had uh, Morgana Russell and Jackie Kelly. Um, so Morgana's a River Country campaigner for Friends of the Earth and Jackie Kelly's uh, part of the Friends of the Niana Vinfra Forest. And, and once again... Yep. On to talk about uh, the Murray Darling and how that's back in the news. And once again, we had another jam-packed show. I love those uh, four or five interviews <laughs> every week. It keeps it edgy, keeps it sharp. Um have a good rest of your day and a good weekend. You too, and um, become a subscriber. Join the three CR family. Nine four one nine eight three seven seven. It's time now for Lost in Science. Three CR presents Communities of Sound, a summer afternoon showcasing treaty, creative women, and diverse cultures. Live performances from Kutcher Edwards, Tando, the West Papuan Band, Sweet Dreams, Manisha Anjali, June Jones, and Danny C. Catch us at the Fairfield Amphitheatre, Sunday 18th of February, 5 to 7.30pm. Communities of Sound is a free event presented as part of the Fairfield and Feb series. The City of Yarra is a proud sponsor of 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.